Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about skills training in-house with the help of special guest Dave Myers of J. Francis Company in Pittsburgh, PA. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host, Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey, everyone. Tim Fowler here, and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. Just want to remind you, as we always do, that if you have topics you'd like us to cover, uh, please send me a note at tim at remodelersadvantage.com. And we'll do our best to find a guest or Steve and I'll just sit and talk about them and maybe help out a little bit that way. So we are back on training. Now, it's been a little while since we talked about this specifically, but um, and I think I mentioned a while back that I think it's really great that I'm hearing more and more about companies that are doing training. In other words, it's not just a byproduct of hiring a new person but they are deliberately putting people into some kind of training process. And so recently I was with a a company or a meeting with about 10 or 12 companies in it. And it it was really great to see that some of these fairly high profile companies in our industry have really put a lot of effort and money into developing training so they can bring somebody into the company train them, see what they know, but also then uh, hopefully get some employees that'll stay with them uh, for a while. And so as I hear about these companies, I try to bring them on and maybe like give some people some ideas, but also maybe just to uh, encourage us. Now, one of the big challenges for us is that as of yet, Nobody has really put together a comprehensive program that you can buy off the shelf that I know of anyway. Now, there are some things out there that do this and then they do that. And then, there, you know, it's like all these little pieces, but nobody has put it together and, and built something that people can just take and use. And so um, everybody's working on it. And the, the, the challenge is, is nobody really has like, an extra 10 hours every week to put into development and implementation of these programs. So one of the things that I just want to point out here, and I'll mention it before we end the show, is that our guest has uh, very uh, graciously agreed to put some of the things that he's talking about uh, into a document. And then we at Remodelers Advantage will load that into what we call our Remodelers University. And so all the Remodelers Advantage members out there that are members of our roundtables or members of Remodelers Advantage uh, University will be able to get some of the things that they've put into place. And so maybe that'll give you a little bit of a start as well. So, Steve, let's go ahead and jump in here and start this conversation. Okay, so Dave Myers is the vice president and general manager with J. Francis Company in Pittsburgh, PA. Dave has been with the company since 1999 and previously worked in college administration and facility management. Having worked in carpentry, masonry, 
and other trades for 30 years. His current position really combines all of the elements of his career into one role, managing, directing, leading, teaching, mentoring, which encompasses everything in the company after the initial sales call. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, this is going to be great. So give us a little bit more information about J. Francis Company. What kind of work do you do? Uh, what size is the company? Maybe how many employees you have, that sort of thing. So J. Francis Company is a uh, 33-year-old company here in Pittsburgh. We are and have been a design, build, remodeling company. About four years ago, we changed from doing commercial, institutional, and residential remodeling to just 100% residential. The only thing we don't do is build a brand new house. (laughs) Um, We currently have 31, 32 employees. Wow. Okay. And average job size being somewhere in what neighborhood? Great question, Tim. In that transition four years ago, we went from an average job size of probably 35, 36,000 um, to last year, an average job size of about 183,000. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So these are not gigantic jobs, not small either. Of course, everybody understands that numbers are relative to locations and things like that. So just kind of keep that in mind. So we're focusing in on what you guys have put together in terms of skills training. So give us some kind of a general description of what it is you have going for training uh, there, and particularly in terms of skills. Well, so guys, in, in 2019, when COVID hit us, we got shut down for about seven weeks, and it really created the opportunity for us to um, create this training center. We've got a large warehouse building and we were doing an office expansion and uh, we just decided that seven weeks was a great time to actually embark on building out a training center. Um, And I worked with uh, my production manager and another lead carpenter to quickly kind of design, we called it a carcass. that we set up with um, seven to 10 stations where we could evaluate um, a candidate or an employee on their skill set, whether it be hanging a door, a window, um, cutting stringers for stairs on a deck or roof rafters or hanging cabinets, finishing drywall. Again, up, I think we had 10 stations. And it really, the concept started um, four or five years ago. Um, And then it was further inspired in 2017 when I met um, the This Old House crew and Mike Rowe at IBIS down in Florida. Wow. Um, And, you know, Mike's doing just incredible things for the trades and the remodeling industry and was really inspired um, by not only his sense of humor and what he does on Dirty Jobs, but what he's doing with (laughs) you know, the trades in this old house. So, you know, we came back and we, we sat on it for a while and just never prioritized it. In 19, we said, hey, let's get it done. Um, and what it's turned into, you know, the original concept was a training center. Um, what it really involves now is both testing and training. So we've been able to take um, our younger less experienced skilled laborers or apprentice carpenters and run them through 
um, what really is a, a two and a half day experience. And the testing part is to see where they're currently at um, in their skills development as you know, a potential carpenter candidate. Um, interestingly, we just about two weeks ago adapted it really quickly and used it to evaluate somebody who um, we hired as a lead carpenter and wanted more responsibility. So we used the testing and training center to kind of evaluate where he was at. Wow. Okay. So this takes a, a couple of days to go through the whole thing. Where, where's the budget for this? One of the things that comes up all the time is I'm harping on a, you know, put a budget, put a budget, put something in your budget about training. So where does this budget lie within your company budget for this training and or evaluation? Also, it, it um, probably is in two areas. One is the overall cost of developing it, building it, buying the tools. Um, we have a dedicated um, toolbox, job box with a 12-inch chop saw, all the tools right down to levels and, um, you know, stair nuts. Um, so all that is back there and stays back there. Um, but then we also have a line in the annual budget in terms of um, labor hours um, for us to run, I think in 22, it's to run 10 people through. And it is a two and a half day experience. It starts on Thursday. Um, a candidate or an employee comes in Thursday afternoon at two o'clock. Um, there is a written exam that we developed um, that is a self-assessment of Again, all those skills required of a carpenter, drywall, trim, siding, um, rough framing. Um, then there is a interview and it typically is my production manager, my construction manager and myself with that person. Um, then we do the first part of the assessment, which is um, we ask them whether they know 10 different wood species or types of lumber that we're dropping in front of them. And you would think that in this day and age, a carpenter would know um, the wood species. Right. Um, not always the case. So it's a, it's an interesting part of the assessment. Um, when that piece is done, we, uh, we hand them the um, actual exam and what they're going to go through on Friday all day. Um, and they get 10 minutes back in the space in the, in the testing and training center. We tell them they can ask us any questions they want. Um, it's our choice whether we answer them. Um, we also remind them that the test really has begun or the experience really has begun. Yeah. Um, it's always interesting to see, you know, when we're done with that, it's about quarter of four and our work day ends at four. Um, so we, we very much on purpose end early and see if that person's just going to leave or whether they're <laughs> going to, for instance, go down to their truck and bring all their tools in, right, to kind of cheat forward the experience starting on Friday. Friday is wow. all hands-on. Um, the goal is for them to get as many of the stations completed as they can. Um, we end at 3.30, call tools down, and we process a little bit. Um, Monday, they come back in, and um, we typically start Monday with them tearing down their station. Um, then we do um, a review and a critique, um, and then they set it up for the next candidate that might be that next Thursday afternoon. 
Wow. So I've got all these things running around in my head here. First of all, I think I can do four or five species of wood. I bet I can get <laughs> maple and spruce and pine and oak. I might be able to get hickory, but that's, a, but uh, you know, that, that, that's a tough part of that thing. So uh, of course I'm not the world's greatest carpenter either. So uh, maybe it's a good part of the test. So um, I guess going back to the money thing. So you've got, let's just suppose I'm applying for a job. I want to be a lead carpenter with Jay Francis. Are you paying me for these two and a half days to be there? Uh, Tim, great question. We have, I don't think we've run a potential hire okay. or hire, you know, candidate through the experience yet, but okay. um, we certainly have the intention of doing that. Right. Okay. Um, and the answer would be yes. We would okay. bring them in and um, pay them almost as a sub um, right. for those two days. That's really cool. So what are the stations? You keep referring to the, the 10 different stations. And then when we, when, after we've talked through the stations, I'd love to hear a couple of the questions that are on that uh, written exam that you give to them. So let's just go through what are the stations that you have built? Maybe give us just a quick uh, description of what that might look like. So one of the stations, Tim, is wood species identification. Okay. Um, there are 10 different ones. Um, you got all the, the typicals. We do two poplars, one with heartwood and one not. Okay. Um, we think we have a great sense of humor here. So there are some, you know, some uh, uh, traps built in, if you will. Yeah, I um, think I could get poplar, too. Maybe that's another one I would know. But <laughs> um, there are three different kinds of pine, um, heart pine. Um, there is um, a sample of old hem fur, like perch, oh, porch flooring. Yep. yep. And then treated. Yeah, maybe I could get more than four or five. Yeah, I, yeah, you could you could. More. Now <laughs> that you mention it, I think maybe I could get at least seven or eight. But <laughs> um, More stations, hang a window, um, hang a pre-hung interior door, drywall, cabinetry installation, deck, stair, stringers, roof rafters, trim carpentry. Um, that trim carpentry station is around installing crown molding on two wall cabinets, both an inside and an outside corner. Um, and is then, that all, is that all stain grade? Well, you actually get to choose whether you want to do paint grade or stain grade. Okay. And then when we're evaluating you, because part of what I've developed is, um, the answers or the, the grading mechanism, um, to each station, you get extra points if you do stain grade. Right. Um, Cause you got to be a little bit um, more yeah. precise. Yeah. One of the funnest stations though, guys, is the, uh, there's a station on trim carpenter as well. It reads using a single two by six, eight foot long cut and assemble a section of an eight sided column. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's, that's all we tell them. And um, we grade on things like, what nails or fasteners did the candidate use? Um, are the angle cuts too sweet, nice and tight? Do the faces align nice and tight? Did the candidate use wood glue in the assembly? Um, you know, it's also a, it's a time test, right? You've got eight to 10 stations that you want to get done. Um, we don't have a table saw up in the testing and training center. Um, okay. So the goal is to have somebody take that two by six and cut it into eight equal lengths, find the angle, 
put it together on the flat, there's a ratchet strap, right? It, it just says assemble. Um, yeah. But we've had one of our candidates go downstairs, even though we said you don't need to, um, to our tool, tool room and bring up a table saw and cut it into 16 inch lengths and then run long. And it would have taken him four hours. So I went back and I stopped him and I said, hey, you're chewing up a lot of time here. There might be a different way you want to think about this. <laughs> and that's that's part of the whole test. It's it's how does this person, how does this candidate think about it? Um, because we're going to end up seeing that on a job site. Now, are you and the construction manager and the production manager, all three watching this so that all three of you evaluate the individual? And then I'm assuming you would get together later and, you know, over a beer maybe and talk about like, are you all three watching this or is it only one of you? Um, I don't I would not want to incur the cost of the three of us sitting back there just overseeing and watching. So typically I look at those two guys and we walk back every 30 minutes okay. um, where one of us does. Um, okay. Just so we have an awareness, but you, you can definitely see at the end of each station, what's been produced and then we process, you know, each okay. station. So. All right, cool. So is that, is that the, the 10 stations? Yes. Okay, great. That that's incredible. It sounds like all the major things that we would be asking, you know, no electrical, no plumbing, you know, no, no of the typically subbed out trades, which some companies I know they do it all in house and where they are, it's legal. And so they would have to add some stations for those other other mm -hmm. trades. So what what is this written test look like? Can you give us an example of some of the questions that are on this written test? And is it multiple choice? Is it fill in the blanks? Is it, um, you know, what does it look like? So again, you know, at the end of this, um, we're going to be hopefully putting this up on the um, RA website, but um, I'll, I'll walk you through real quick. The last page that we use on the evaluation, there are eight questions. Um, we think about carpenters or lead carpenters in terms of not just swinging a hammer, running a saw, but do they understand the other components of how the company works? Um, so we evaluate on things like thinking back to the start of this day, was the candidate ready to produce work at 730? Were they early? Did they need to go back and forth during the day or did they bring their stuff in the previous day? Um, did the candidate bring lunch and take the required time for lunch? What is the overall condition of the job box at the end of the day, neat and organized? Um, did the candidate use the exhaust fan? Did the candidate, this is always interesting. <laughs> did the candidate post the job site rules and even our COVID-19 protocol? You know, I leave them on the, on the station with all the materials. You know, we've given them hints about this is a job site. So <laughs> have they picked up on that? Um, even, and you know, I've, I've told you we had, we think we have a good sense of humor. Yeah. There's one miter saw and it's set up with, you know, a very expensive fruit blade, um, for trim. Did they use that saw with that blade to cut the pressure treated lumber on the stringers or did they change the blade? Um, and that, that decision, if you make the right ones worth five points. So so, uh, Dave, I assume that, you know, there are certain, I mean, where do you, 
how do you weight all of this in the sense that like, you know, for me, I, I would have three things that are really, you know, would rule somebody out, if, you know, and, and maybe not fully rule them out, but like being late, lateness is a big thing for me. So, but as you go on to the, looking at all of these skills, um, you know, you mentioned the eight sided post, like it's all got to be weighted. Like once you, I assume this turns into its own training program because it does the wrong answers become what you need to brush them up on. Um, but, but what do you look at as in terms of like intangibles and things that would be a no-go for a candidate? So on the deck stair stringer portion, mm -hmm. did the candidate use the right size lumber? Um, given our specifications, they got to use two by 12s. Mm -hmm. Did the candidate use pressure treated lumber in our, in our staging rack? We've got PT pressure treated and normal. So did they make that right decision? Did the candidate use a framing square and the nuts? Um, evaluate the cuts. Are they nice and square? Um, we even look for the overcuts. If you're a good carpenter, you don't overcut, right? Yeah. 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 Um, did, they, did they make the template? I just cut stair stringers last week for the first time in like seven years. And it's not like riding a bike. I'm just it's, it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I had to brush hey. up a little bit. If we're bragging about it, I did some stairs on a deck about nine feet high. Oh, all right. First laid nice. the stringer out. It was perfect. First, But I would have passed the test. So, I made a template, you know, oh, all that. So. It's, all right. Sorry. So what other kinds of things there did you have, Dave, in terms of that final assessment? Well, so when you're, when we're done walking we're sending a candidate, an employee through um, this experience at the end of the day on Friday. Um, typically, my PM, CM, and I will spend 45 minutes to an hour kind of processing it, seeing where we want to go on Monday morning. Right. Um, one, of the, one of the interesting outcomes of this from testing to training has really been how easy it is to then use what that finished product is in terms of training. Um, so that's why we started bringing people back in on Monday. We spend time two and a half, three hours. One of our candidates um, took um, his or her performance pretty bad. So we actually came in on Saturday and spent four hours with <clears throat> that person going through and teaching them what they didn't do correctly. Okay. Um, so it was that rule of immediacy, rule of feedback being immediate. Um, and that was, that was great um, because <clears throat> what's happened a couple of times is the outcome on Friday has been um, the result has been somebody not being advanced enough where they thought they were. Right. And that can be pretty um, demotivating. Yeah. Um, to somebody. Um, so that's, that's been a surprise result that we've had to respond and react to and really make the feedback pretty immediate and then use that information to get it out to the rest of my lead carpenters to say, you know, here's where Johnny's at. Here's what happened on his exam. And here's what we need to teach him. And these are the things I want done in 30 days, 90 days, and six months. And so do you get, 
do you get a lead carpenter that'll say, hey, I'll take Johnny because we're we're cutting stairs for a deck next week. And, and I see that's one of his weaknesses. Or do you again or your construction manager or your production manager say, hey, these jobs, we're going to send Johnny over here. How do you manage the real training? Because I can understand Monday morning saying, gotcha. OK, Johnny, you know, you didn't use pressure treated lumber. Right. Make sure you always use but that doesn't get it in the head, so to speak, permanently as much as being on the job site and actually doing it. So how do you manage that re-education or that education over 30, 60, 90 days? Gotcha. So, Tim, I think it happens three ways. One is um, certainly it's the it's the employee's responsibility to say <clears throat> when he's out on the job site, hey, I need to learn this. You know, takes take a few minutes. Um but we, we're very fortunate. We've got seven to nine lead carpenters that are just amazing leaders and teachers. Um, so by sending the information out about how a candidate, an employee did, then they're able to absorb that and have that and take it and work with it. Um, I think the, the, the thing that ties it all together, though, is that my construction manager who runs the field um, crew on a daily basis, Bob really knows where that person is at and helps to make assignments. You know, if somebody needs some help on stringers and we're doing a deck, then he makes sure that person who needs the help gets assigned to that job. Um, So we're really able to tie all three of those together very efficiently. Wow. So (laughs) this sounds amazing. Okay. Um, I, I, I hope I get to visit sometime soon so I can see it and, and not just imagine this in my head or even just see pictures. But any unexpected snags along the way, anything that popped up that you went like that you had to kind of work through? Or was it really just a matter of saying, all right, we, we have to do this and here's what we're going to do? And then, for lack of a better word, plodding along. And getting it done. I think the snag has been with some of our younger, um, lesser experienced, um, skilled laborers who, or apprentice carpenters who think they're ready to be called a carpenter and running them through and then having to react to that okay. um, ultimate result of, hey, you're not there yet, but now we understand. And now we can develop a plan on how we're going to get you from point A to B to C. Have you have you thought about doing like a stage one and a stage two where somebody they have to pass stage one before they can go on to, you know, miter, you know, the complex miter joints of a kitchen cabinet? That's, you know, in other words, maybe maybe those younger guys, they have to pass stage one and realize, hey, I'm good at this. Then they can try stage two. or I don't know. I'm just this is off the top of my head. Uh, have you thought about anything like that? I don't, Tim, we have not. It's a, it's an interesting question, a great thought. It's, um, it's probably a great next step or progression for us in the evolution of how, I mean, again, to, to go back kind of full circle, inspired by Mike Rowe and, and what he's doing and trying to bring um, trades, develop trades to come up through. Yeah, um, I think it's a great next step potentially for us um, because we're trying to develop 
an apprentice carpenter, a carpenter one, two, and three, and then a lead carpenter and senior lead carpenter. Um, so in that sense, we're trying to create avenues for advancement in the company. Um, so yeah, probably a good, a good thought process. What are some of the positive things that you've seen as a result of, of doing this? What, what made it all worthwhile? What, what, what is it that has happened that you said, you know what, took a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of energy, and but we're getting this result from it. Um, I think it really has inspired those that we've taken through it um, to become better carpenters. So it's mm-hmm. shown people where they're at and where they can go. And it's, it's inspired people to um, ask for help, ask for opportunities, but also to look at resources, YouTube videos, you know, it used to be magazines and JLC live <laughs> and things like that. Now it's YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it, Tim, it, it, it also really has inspired again, my lead carpenters um, to jump in and be helpful. Um, they're, there definitely are two or three guys um, specifically who have said, hey, this is important to me because if I can teach Joe um, how to be a better carpenter, then he will be more help to me as I age because none of us are getting any younger. <laughs> um, so there's a self-serving principle there for the lead carpenters to really engage and help um, teach the lesser experienced, not necessarily younger, by the way, but the lesser experienced folks to get them up through. Um, we've got a good track record of that in this company, and this is definitely helping and will continue to help. Wow. So this has been absolutely incredible. And uh, I know everybody out there, you know, every now and then I say, I can hear people out there in the podcast world going like, oh my goodness, I can't <laughs> believe what they've done. But um, as we wrap it up, any kind of last minute encouragements, last little nuggets that you can put out there? There's been so much already. I don't know what's left there uh, to say, but anything, any, any, I guess, encouragements for the general population out there in terms of getting something like this going? I think it's pretty easy to do. Um, it doesn't cost a ton of money and the benefit um, is huge in terms of helping you understand where an employee is at and how to get that person from point A, B to C to help them advance and grow. And that's, you know, in in this generation, that's really what everybody wants. They want to be something more, something better, something different. The other thing that's really cool about it, it isn't one lead carpenter saying, Hey, this guy can't, this guy can't cut a board for anything. Whereas it's a standardized process with sort of innocent observers looking in. In other words, not the lead carpenters, but others in the company that know what's going on and saying, this is, this is what this person needs to learn and this is what they've passed. So it's just absolutely incredible. So Dave, thank you so much for being with us for this little bit of time. And uh, maybe we'll do a follow-up uh, in a few months and just see uh, if anything's changing or maybe see how it's impacting bringing people into the company. That'd be great. Thanks for having me guys. This was awesome, Dave. Thank you. Take care. Tim. Uh, awesome. So many points to cover. I think, uh, 
you know, obviously we always talk about people being inspired and, and how they take action and whether it's micro or, or this old house, I think just the thought that people are really taking action here and putting their uh, training programs in house and, and doing it. Uh, the, the most important piece that I saw you say at the very end was the thought of the standardized piece where it's not left up to, you know, a different carpenter's eye or a different carpenter's experience. It's really standardized. That's the most important piece to me, if you can get that. Yeah, I think there's so many great things. First of all, they have some space. And so that's one of the biggest challenges yes. for a lot of companies. Yes. Is, is there a space where we can set this up? So they've taken advantage of that space and, and taken the time. I think it was really cool that they used the shutdown of covid to do something really practical and really important for the business. I think you heard Dave say, you know, it started, you know, four or five years ago, them thinking about it. And finally, maybe this little gap in the world said, okay, we can make this happen. And so for other companies, it's going to be, we have to make a gap or we have to, you know, take the time and pay to make sure uh, this gets done. I love the stations. I think this whole idea of uh, these are the stations that you're going to cover and and then having again like you mentioned that that measure if you will now some of it's got to be a little bit subjective sure. but at the same time having criterion that they can actually put down and say yes they pass this or no uh, they need to learn some of those things. And then the other cool thing, which, you know, I kind of reacted to the wood species thing. And then as Dave, you know, talked about it, I, I got like, I, I could probably get a lot of that. But in my other reaction, which I didn't go public with was like, did you put the signs up? Oh my goodness. I'd have failed that right away. Now, of course I haven't been on a job site for a long time, but this idea of there's more to this job than cutting miters and cutting stairs. There's the management side of it. And they've incorporated that into this skills testing, which I just thought was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Well, that answers the question of, you know, do you think outside the box, things like yes. that. Um, and one thing I thought was really fantastic is, you know, when I first met you, uh, I don't know, six years ago, you Right away, you, you were telling me about the, uh, you know, the labor shortage and, and your opinion. And it really came down to the fact that do you have a company where people want to work and, right. and a place where people can have a career? And I think here, one thing that Dave said was that they have fun with them. They have a sense of humor. And that's that's attractive. I mean, who doesn't like to laugh? I mean, some people probably don't. But, um, you know, having fun at work is an incredible benefit. Um, you know, being able to have fun with the process and not go in there sweating bullets and, um, <laughs> you know, just this grueling process. I mean, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's a little stressful. For oh, I bet it people, doing, yeah, I know, could, yeah, they're, they're on the, they're on for the sure, line. for sure. You're on the hot seat, but you know, if there's some smiles to be had and, and knowing that you're going into a place where people want to have fun, you're going to want to give that extra effort and, and make it, uh, so one last thing I want to say before we, we drop out of here, and that is I made a specific point of asking Dave about where does the money come from? Yeah. And he's talked about it in terms of there's a couple of different ways that they 
charge, they put money into their budget. And so as we're not too far from the beginning of 2022 here, and I really want to encourage companies out there, what are you doing with your budget in terms of training skills? Do you have a line item in there? I know this has come up in other podcasts, but, you know, and guess who pays for it ultimately? It's our clients. It's in the markup. It's in the job cost. It doesn't come out of our pocket. We have to sell to run a business where we train the people that work for us. So absolutely fantastic. This is uh, maybe uh, one of my favorite podcasts over the last six or eight months. Uh, I just appreciate Dave so much for being with us. And I hope everybody gets inspired by it. Yeah, well, great. Well, once again, we want to thank Dave Myers for joining us today. And we always want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. And remember, and this is an excellent example of it, at the Tim Fowler Show, we're working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.